was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me remotely today by Zoom is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. We've made it through the holidays. I know. Fabulous time with family and friends. Right. All of our New Year's resolutions have been set and possibly yes. discarded by now. <laughs> Not yet. Not okay, yet. Not I'm yet. still okay, on that's, track. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know, here, here at the games, we've just been putting the finishing touches on our official results and records. Yeah. For, and it got me thinking about other records that were set this year. So oh. today, I want to share some of the most, I'm going to say, intriguing Guinness World Records that were set in 2022, okay? Okay. There's, a, there's some fun ones here. Okay. So the first one I want to share with you, uh, his name is Jamie Keaton, also known as Canhead or Canpa to his grandchildren. So this is the record. <laughs> okay. He used air suction to affix 10 empty beverage cans to his face and shaved head, earning... He earned the record when the cans remained in place for at least five seconds. So is that a record you'd like to work towards? Maybe No, No. I'm not even sure I can even see it in my head. Yeah, there was a picture on the story and uh, he's just got a can stuck to his head and his face. He says, actually, I have a skin condition that's not named yet where my skin pores literally suck in oxygen. So there's something to think about for as far as if you're, no, I don't aspire to that. Thank you very much. <laughs> How about this one? This is an interesting one. The okay. most eggs balanced on the back of your hand. Oh, so how many? <laughs> Ibrahim Sadek of Nashishira, Iraq, managed to balance 18 eggs on the back of his hand. Oh, my goodness. So that actually didn't break a record, but it tied a record that was set by Jack Harris of Britain in May of 2020. So the two are co-holders of the record. He says, you need to have a high level of focus when attempting such a record, which is difficult to achieve. And then he says, add to that the pain and the pressure your hands go through. And I needed to be ready for that moment. I don't know what that looked like, but I can imagine 18 eggs (laughs) on the back of your hand. Um, Quite an accomplishment. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't do it. (laughs) Okay, listen to this one. This is a great one too. Okay. This is the fastest time to find and alphabetize the letters in a can of alphabet soup. <laughs> I don't know where people come up with these ideas. <laughs> I, I don't know where they are, but, but I mean, that would be a challenge. I have to admit that Jacob Chandler of Oregon, he found all 26 English language letters in a can of alphabet soup. And then he placed them in order in, listen to this, Lil, two minutes, 8.6 seconds. So this is what he says was the hardest part. He says the most difficult part of practicing for the record was learning to identify the subtle differences between the letter M and the letter W. So I would not have known that they were different, but apparently there is a difference. And if you want to beat the record, you have to understand the subtleties between the M and the W. Probably won't be doing that one either. Not that one either. Okay. (laughs) Let's keep going. Let's (laughs) Okay. There's one here that I can find that will be a New Year's resolution for you. Okay. Maybe this one. 
Vermont teenager, Ariana Wonderly, who has been performing with the youth circus since the age of two, donned four inch high heels. And then she walked 639 feet, seven inches across a tightrope at Bellows Falls Union High School in May while she was a senior at the school. Wonderly's feet demolished the previous record of 49.2 feet, which was set by Russian performer Oksana uh, Siroshtan of uh, Russia in uh, 2014. 639 feet on a tightrope in high heels. No. Not for you. I even. couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without high heels. So. <laughs> okay. okay, this is the last one. Let me see if this okay. is one that you want to work on, and then we're going to get okay. to our amazing guest. But this is uh, the fastest time to eat 10 Carolina Reaper chilies. Oh. No, not for you? No. No, yeah, not for me either. But iron-stomached California man, Gregory Foster, down 10 Carolina Reaper chilies, the hottest peppers in the world, in 33.15 seconds. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Crazy. He had previously earned a world record by eating three Carolina Reapers in 8.72 seconds, but he scarfed down 10 of these outrageously uh, hot peppers in 33.15 seconds. That's too much. That's not for too me. much. Let's see if Derek <laughs> can do it. Yeah, Derek does like the hot peppers, doesn't he? Derek, of course, yeah. is a financial officer, and he's yep. not possibly building up a resistance to Carolina <laughs> Reaper peppers, even as he's right. Speaking, I don't know. Right. But, well, today's guest, this yes. is amazing. Today's guest is a six time sprint triathlon world championship qualifier, an Ironman 70.3 world championship qualifier. In 2017, at the Sprint Triathlon World Championships, she was the first American to cross the finish line. She's an author and a speaker among many other races and accomplishments. Perhaps the most impressive one is that she began her triathlon journey at 335 pounds with a secret desire to race. Welcome to the show, Sue Reynolds. Yes. Hi. Thanks, guys. And I tell you what, I... I I've learned that I really must be quite competitive because my grandkids are coming this weekend and I'm going to buy alphabet soup and try to break that record. <laughs> <laughs> so we found a new, a new record for you to work towards. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I will be very interested to hear if you're able to beat, what is it, two minutes and 14 seconds, whatever it was. Something like that. I wrote it down. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Sue, so welcome to the show. We're excited to get a chance to visit with you for just a minute. You've done some pretty amazing things yourself yes. over the years. I've I've had a blast. And, you know, when I look back, I still shake my head with wonder. Like, who would believe that I could go from 335 pounds to even qualifying for Worlds and then to discover, you know, at age 60, I'm 69 now that I enjoyed competing. I mean, just, I just feel so blessed. I really, really do. I, I want to get into some of your more recent accomplishments, but I do want to set the context just a little bit. So talk about where you were at at the beginning, 335 pounds, obviously overweight, um, maybe not living the best, the most healthy lifestyle. Uh, but then you've somehow found this this switch, I guess, that you were able to flip, like talk a little bit about where you were at and how you made that monumental decision to say, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to do it through sport. Yeah, I, I was morbidly obese, 335 pounds. Um, 
And my lifestyle definitely was not healthy. I was uh, had founded and was directing a nonprofit that benefited kids and loved my work and pulled lots of all-nighters just because I felt like we were doing great things for kids. And to stay awake, I would eat. And so there was no sleep in my life and there was a lot of food in my life. And um, as the nonprofit grew, so did my waistline. So and it just went up and up and up until finally one day, really nothing you know major happened in my life. I just got to the point where I'd had enough. And I just, I remember sitting at the breakfast table and just saying, enough, this is it, enough. Um, and I just started making different choices that the next, that at that moment. And um, yeah, and then three years later, I'd lost 200 pounds and I've kept it off for um, almost six years now. And just, you know, I have discovered lots of things that I enjoy in my life doing now that I couldn't do when I had the weight on because of the weight, but also because of my size. There were just places I couldn't, I couldn't fit. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, let me say congratulations. Yeah. What an accomplishment. Absolutely. Just inspiring. Is there, is there a reason that triathlon was the sport that you chose or was it just the first most accessible thing? How did you decide? Yeah. Triathlon is going to be my thing. Yeah. I actually, I, I laugh myself still when I look back on, that, on this story, I had no intention of doing a triathlon. I found I was exercising because it helped with the weight loss and I found exercise to be really, really boring. So in my head, I just started pretending that I was training for a triathlon. And, you know, I'd, I'd be waddling, walking down the road. But in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I'm such a, you know, a bit, I'm so tough. You know, I'm, I'm training for a triathlon. Ha ha. And then one thing led to another. And I could finally do the distances in each of the events. And I thought, well, what the heck? And on a whim, I just signed up for my first triathlon and uh, finished last. I think I was 20 minutes behind the second to last person. But, you know, I finished and I, I felt finished, like right. I, I felt like I'd won the Olympics. And, you know, it was just it was I, I was hooked. The, as you know, the triathlon community, the endurance community is so encouraging. And they were certainly encouraging to me. And I just, I just felt like I had found my place and yeah, love it. I think, I think you just really mm. exemplified the power of um, positive self-talk. And even though you were kind of a little bit tongue in cheek and kind of uh, maybe you, you thought at the time it might've been a little bit of a joke, you actually talked yourself right into being able to do it. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, right. I did. And, you know, there's been several times in this journey where I've, you know, looked at self-talk. And another was when I was um, training, I had a hard time thinking my, thinking of myself as an athlete. And I wrote, you are an athlete on little sticky notes and put it all over my mirror so that every morning I'd have to, you know, think, okay, you're an athlete. Um, especially when I stopped being obese, I didn't know who I was, I, you know, obese and being an obese person was my identity. And I really had to think, okay, who am I now? And really had to work on, okay, you're an athlete, you're an athlete, you're an athlete, just over and over again until it started to stick a little bit. I love that. I love that mm. story and that experience. And I also love that we get to see that, Lil, we get to see that all the time at the yeah. Senior Games. Yeah. Yeah. We, have, we have plenty of athletes that started young and then continued throughout their adult life and mm -hmm. arrive at 50 years old. And it's just the next natural step. 
But we have a lot of people who don't really consider themselves athletes until they take that first competitive step forward. And oftentimes the Huntsman World Senior Games gets to be that step for people. And then all of a sudden they discover, Sue, what you discovered. And that is that there is an athlete inside of us, right? We, We might look different, different heights, different weights, different shapes, whatever. But inside of us, there's an athlete. And speaking of that, you've, you've written a book. It's called The Athlete Inside, The Transforming Power of Hope, Tenacity, and Faith. Tell us a little bit about this book. How did you decide, I'm going to write a book, and what can we expect when we pick it up off the shelf? Yeah, it, the book came out um, in 2020, so it's been out for a couple of years. came out right at the start of COVID, which is like the worst time to launch a book. <laughs> worst time to do a lot of things. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, but it's done really well. It was the, it's been the, in the top 10, uh, number one triathlon book on Amazon for off and on for the, you know, for quite a while. And that was kind of cool. Um, But I wrote the book just because so many people said, oh my gosh, your story is amazing. You should write a book. It is. is And I I really had no intention of writing a book. Um, I just kind of just fell into it like triathlon. I, so many people said that I went to a, a writer's conference just to see if I could talk to um, an agent to see if they thought there might be any interest and if I should even like think about writing a book. And I talked to an agent for 10 minutes and then within 10 minutes, she offered me a contract. <laughs> so, wow. so, so I had a contract to write a book. I had no idea how to write a how book, to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought I didn't know how to be a triathlete either. So I did the same thing I did in triathlon. I found a book coach and um, discovered that there was a writer hiding inside of me as well as, a, <laughs> as an athlete. So, but the book is about a um, little bit about the the weight loss journey. Um, it's about discovering the competitor inside of me um, that you know wanted to not only finish triathlon but wanted to um, beat other people, which that was a shock to me to to discover that competitive spirit inside. Um, and then there's also a little bit about the spiritual journey. Um, I, I think that God was using triathlon to reach out to me. And so there's a, there's a couple sections in there about that um, as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it was a lot of fun to write. Um, I got to revisit all the wonderful memories that I had along the way and yeah. some of the hardships and think about, you know, how I conquered things. Um, it's also it's I wrote it for a general audience. So it's not just for athletes. It's, you know, the stories um, about facing fears and facing pride and um, what to find, you know, what are your steps when you find internal resistance and, or you're afraid. I mean, I think those apply to lots of different areas in life, not not just to sports. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What a, <laughs> what an incredible opportunity. And uh, let me just say, uh, you say that you kind of fell into it. I think that there's, um, I think there's more to it than that. But I also feel like how courageous of you to take those steps, you know, right. to decide, hey, I'm going to decide I'm going to be a triathlete. And then you conquer that. And I'm sure that there is fear uh, and, and worry and stress and anxiety about that. <laughs> And then the same thing with this book opportunity. And not only was it presented to you, but you seized it. You took advantage of it. You moved <laughs> forward with it. And I think there's a lesson just there for all of us as well. So that's yeah. awesome. That's what someone told me once, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You'd fail. You know, big deal. You yeah, know? Right. right. Cheers. So, yeah. So just wow. go into it. Yeah. I love that. I love that attitude. And I love that concept. 
Yeah. Now, you told me just recently that you decided you, you've, you've gone through this experience. You're a triathlete. You're an established triathlete. You're having success. You said that you decided to train as an Olympian would. Tell, tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I think the thing that drives me to do what I do is just curiosity. I'm always like wondering what would happen if. And after I had been to my first Worlds, um, I just started thinking, you know, what would happen if I trained like an Olympian? I'm not an Olympian. I will never be one. I'm not going to have the same workouts that they do. But what if I just committed that the way an Olympian would and did the two workouts a day and the nap in between and really focused on nutrition and recovery and strength building? And um, my role model was Gwen Jorgensen, and I just I devoured everything that Gwen. Gwen is the Olympic champion in triathlon in the 2016. 2020 Olympics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, so whatever Gwen did, you know, I would try to do she went to bed at eight o'clock, I started going to bed at eight o'clock, she trained twice a day, I trained twice a day. Um, and there were things like when I went to worlds, there's, there's a parade of champions that happened to fall the night before my race. And I thought, would Gwen go to the, the parade of champions the night before her Olympics? No, so I didn't go to the parade. So yeah, so I, I think there's two times in life when you can really commit to something like like athletics. One is when you're really young and you don't have responsibilities. And the other is when you're really old and you're retired and you don't have responsibilities. <laughs> so, and I actually, I took an early retirement just because I really wanted to do this. And it's been a real, real adventure. I, I contacted some Olympic level coaches and put together a coaching team. Um, you know, I, I worked for a long time with the same coaches that Ben Canute, the Olympian Ben Canute worked with, had his same team. And um, it was a real learning curve for me, uh, especially, you know, one of the things when you're working at training at that level, you're always on the edge of getting hurt. You know, you want to get as much as you can out of your body and you're always on the edge of getting hurt. And that makes nutrition and recovery really important. Um, so so that was a learning curve. And then I, then I had to learn you know, am I really hurt? <laughs> Can I keep training through this? You know, it was, there's was just a lot of learning curve and, and some mistakes. Um, there was one workout where I, I, I pushed too hard in the workout. Um, I also had miscalculated my, my pre-workout hydration. Um, I ended up in, in the, on a country road, passed out. Um, oh. And luckily somebody drove by, he said he almost ran over me and found me. And I woke up in the hospital, not knowing who I was or where I was or what day it was. I mean, it was really kind of dicey I, and was in kidney failure. And yeah, so, so I learned real quickly when, when to not push through. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was not wow. a good idea. So that's, that's pretty that's pretty extreme. And, and, um, you know, thankfully someone was there to help you out yeah. along the way, which is part of the journey as well. It was, you know, it was intense, but I had to learn that the body is really smart yeah. and it gave me a lot of warning signs that I ignored before I went down, but then going down was the smart thing to do. You know, it made me level. It got blood to my head and, you know, passing out was the right thing to happen. So I, when I came out of that, I thought I might have some PTSD, but um, I didn't because I, I know that my body took care of me and it will if I ever mm-hmm. make a mistake again. So, yeah, that was cool. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> so so tell me, what has been the result? I, uh, you, you're going through this process. I know you continue to do triathlons. You mentioned that you're also into, um, what did you call it? Aquabike? Aquabike, yeah. yeah tell us um, about that. Well, the, I'm, I'm, 
still training um, in competing at the world level in triathlon. So I went to Montreal in June and competed there um, two weeks after I had COVID. So I, I, did not, I know I did not have the best race of my life. <laughs> the run is tough. Um, but then World Triathlon has a brand new event at the world level. Um, and USA Triathlon offers it as well. Um, it's called Aquabike. And it's basically triathlon without the run. Okay. And um, the the bike and swim are my strongest events. And so I was, again, just really curious. So I worked really hard to qualify for Worlds in Aquabike. Um, and um, now yeah, went to Worlds and um, just kind of shocked myself by winning. <laughs> 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 so I so humble you here. Just, I know. I went to Worlds and, well, yeah. just kind of surprised myself by being a world <laughs> champion. Yes. <laughs> it was, you know, it was really a funny race because I knew, I knew I had done well in the swim. I knew I was ready. I had trained really well. I had a really, some really good training blocks. And, you know, there's all the things that you can control, but there's things that you can't control too. And in this race, all the things that I could not control were going my way. It was just the luck was with me. The training was with me and my recovery was nailed. I get in the swim and the swim is fantastic. I felt so strong and um, it was great. There are a lot, it was, the race was in Abu Dhabi in United Arab Emirates. So that was a huge, like I've never been to the Middle East and that was kind of scary in a way yeah um, yeah but the the swim went great and I'm I'm out on the bike and I know I'm really strong on the bike and I, I'm doubting if anybody can catch me um I knew I'm you know I knew I I thought I was in first position and was, there's like four miles left in the bike it was a 20 it was a one mile swim and then a 25 mile bike okay. there's four miles left and I'm supposed to like turn up the heat at that point and just leave it all on the course like you would at the end of the run in the triathlon but in aquabike you do it on the bike and I'm thinking oh my gosh I think I'm in first place and all I wanted to do is a giggle I mean it was just like <laughs> I just I thought oh my gosh this I could be world champion and then I kept you know it's always like what would the Olympians do and I remember that Flora Duffy when she won the last Olympics, she was like, she knew she was going to win, but she kept trying to tell herself, stay calm, stay calm. And the way she did it was she kept running through her cues. So I kept thinking, okay, what are your, what is your pedal doing? What is your RPMs? I kept running through my cues on the bike. And then when I, towards the very end, I thought, oh, just don't crash in the corners. And I kept, <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really push the straights, but now I'm going to start slowing down the corners because I just didn't want to crash. Um, but I came in off the bike and ran in to rack my bike. And then you, I had to run to the other end of transition to the finish line. So when I went to rack my bike, I realized that there were no other bikes in the rack. It was, I was, at that point, I just let my emotions go and I'm like, Ooh, oh, we're <laughs> and I'm running down the finish shoot. Somebody hands me an American flag and, you know, I come running across and, um, I cheered and then I cried and it was just, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And then the stand on the podium on the top podium at worlds, the, the men's winner was from um, uh, South Africa. And the, so the two of us stood up there on that top podium, oh. it was just surreal. It was really, really cool. I'll never forget. I wasn't, 
I was not even there and I'm all emotional about it. <laughs> I was there and I'm emotional. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, Sue, thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. And uh, congratulations on yeah. an incredibly successful career. And I know there's much more to come. And we look forward to watching unfold yes. with you. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you back on and, and share some of that success as well. Great. Thank you. And thanks for all that you do for senior athletes. I really appreciate <laughs> that on behalf of all of us. Oh, thank you. We love it. We love it. Yes. Well, yes. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks so much, Sue. Thanks, Sue. Isn't that amazing, Lil? Oh, yeah. Just I'm incredible. still kind of emotional. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Just an incredible. It was. Thing. So just a to, few You things. know, and really fast, just, you know, to be where she was and then to where she is today in, you know, what? A year, I mean, 10 years, maybe the span, just incredible. Sorry, I just had to say that. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) Absolutely amazing, for sure. Speaking of amazing, our amazing athletes need to know this, and we're just going to be quick about it, but team registration is now open. So if you're a team manager or a coach or for softball, volleyball, basketball, soccer, any of our team sports, now is the time to reserve your team spot in the 2023 Huntsman World Senior Games. Some of the age divisions, Lil, are already filled. It's crazy. I know. But make sure to visit SeniorGames.net today and get your team registered or get on a waiting list. We also want to remind people that individual registration will open on March 1st. So put that on your calendar. You can get all the information that you need on our website. Once again, SeniorGames.net. And then you can find this show as well as previous shows also on our website, SeniorGames.net. Check that out. Lil, today's inspirational thought comes from Muhammad Ali, who said, if my mind can conceive it, if my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. Mm. Until next Thursday, stay active.